Hi, I'm John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to another edition of our continuing series on the Johnson College of Business at Cornell University. We're taking a deep dive into every aspect of both the graduate and undergraduate schools of business, as well as the School of Hotel Administration, which is a unique threesome (laughs) in higher education. And today, we're lucky to have the dean of the Dyson School with us, Lynn Perry Wooden, and a professor at Cornell, Risa Mish. We're going to talk about people-centered leadership and critical thinking. So, Lynn, let me ask you first, how important are these topics in the overall philosophy of teaching business at Cornell? I think they're essentially important, these topics, John. People come to business school, not only they get the basic foundations of accounting or finance or marketing or management, but the doing of the work. And if you're going to be excellent at your career, if you're going to be a something somebody who stands out you have to have people-centered leadership and understand how to have critical thinking skills now how do you define people-centered leadership how does it differ from you know our old definition of what leadership is so people-centered leadership in the way i define it is a little bit different and i'm going to outline the components first you have to have a sense of self-awareness and understand who you are as a leader and the identity you bring to it You can't be centered upon others if you don't understand yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, and have a very generative development process. Second, it is that sense of awareness of others. And at the SC Johnson College of Business, we spend a lot of time identifying leaders and helping them grow to have other awareness and to be a team member and a team leader. And then as, you know, then we hand them over to Reese's content and we want them to be system thinkers. We want them to think critically and to see the whole picture. So it's a very different perspective. I like to use the metaphor of a stage. It's showing up, being your best self, and also producing results for others that are people-centered. I would bet that empathy is an important part of people-centered leadership. Am I right? Empathy, service, inclusion all go with people-centered leadership. So understanding the other's perspectives, knowing that you are a team and that you can't be a ball hogger. So inclusion is very important. And then listening. Yes, indeed. And Risa, you teach the required course in the MBA program on critical thinking, which is unusual in itself because very few, if any other MBA programs have in the core curriculum classes on critical thinking. Why does Cornell take that approach? Well, the course was put in the core as part of curriculum review that took place a few years ago at Johnson. And as part of the curriculum review process, we sought input from, among others, alumni and recruiters. And one of the areas that recruiters said that in general they were struggling with in terms of identifying MBA talent match was critical and strategic thinking. And I think this is because traditionally for a long time, business education was fairly technical in nature. And by contrast, the educational background I come from, I'm, I'm a lawyer by training a litigator. Law school is basically a three-year course in critical thinking. So the inspiration behind the course was to take law school pedagogy and graft it onto business problem solving. And that's the genesis of the class and how it ended up in the core. Interesting. So why are critical and strategic thinking skills important for business leaders? 
Well, because I'll say both business leaders and just leaders generally, uh, one very, very important part of leading is getting the answer right more often than than, than not. So <laughs> leadership is about influence ultimately, and influence we know from Aristotle is is a combination of credibility, logic, and connecting emotionally to the people you are trying to rally. And so the logic component is the nexus to critical thinking, but I'll tell you that we teach it here so that it also enhances all three elements, credibility, not logic, and emotional connection. How do you teach critical thinking? So we use a case-based method. Uh -huh. It's a case-based course. And what we do with the cases is we're teaching a meta-framework approach to problem solving. So on the front end, what you're doing pre preliminarily is looking at what the problem solver knows or believes he or she knows, what they are assuming, and whether those assumptions are necessarily valid in the context of the problem, and what information is missing that you would normally expect to be relevant to the problem. So that's sort of phase one, is that three-question tool. Uh, right. What do we know? How, how do we know it? What are we assuming? Are those assumptions valid? What are we missing? And then when we shift over to problem solving, what we are doing is we're using a method that starts with the evaluation of the context in which the problem arises, and the connection to what Dean Wooten was just speaking about is that part of the context of assessment is looking at you as the problem solver. What biases are you bringing to the problem setting? And can you use a technique including empathy to try and see the issue through the eyes of people in the, in the case problem to whom you might be having a negative reaction. Ah, so, so it's the old old uh, saying, you know, you, you put your feet in one other's shoes, right? Yes. So empathy is relevant both to I, helping you diffuse some of the biases you're bringing to the problem setting. And then on the back end of problem solving, when you think you've got the solution, empathy is extraordinarily helpful for forecasting how key stakeholders are likely to react to the solution that you are inclined to propose. And, and should you modify your proposed solution in any way to take account of the likeliest objections or, or challenges, reactions you, you may get. Now, it seems to me there's a real connection between people-centered leadership and critical thinking. Is that correct, Lynn? Yes, there is a connection because when you're people-oriented in your leadership practice, you're constantly engaging in critical thinking. It could be at the self-awareness level. It could be how you show up on the team or how you think about the organization. And especially it's important because at the SC Johnson of college, you know, we're in the business of developing leaders. And so you have to be able to go through the cycle that Risa identified to really make a difference, to understand the marketplace, to understand your competitors and to internally thrive leadership. Right. You know, I almost think that one of the most underappreciated aspects of business education today, and this is not among faculty or administrators or people in the business, but of applicants uh, and prospective students, is the emphasis placed on leadership development and professional development. You know, we all know you're going to get the basics in accounting, finance, strategy, marketing, but oftentimes that self-reflective review 
of yourself and your capabilities and how to improve on them is something that we don't really think we're going to get from a, a business program, whether it's an undergraduate program or an MBA. But it seems to me that these soft skills are as important to leadership capabilities and influence as the hard stuff that we know all about. And that's why the business school is such an excellent laboratory to teach those soft skills. And if you think about the three schools that make up the college, we each have a different approach. Hotel school has that real life laboratory of not only having students develop themselves, but using the critical thinking, the hands-on action-based learning to get the hotel industry under their belt, mm. whether it be valeting at our Statler Hotel, running big events such as Hotel Ezra, or understanding real estate analysis in the hotel industry. So it's that service, in-depth, critical thinking skill of developing industry leaders. At the Dyson School, when we've thought about people-centered leadership skills, we really have drawn upon our land-grant roots and use our business as a better world as a motto. And the way we've done that in real time is getting students to think about and develop those people-centered skills through our Grand Challenges curriculum. Thinking about how do you use your knowledge, how do you show up as a leader and take those business skills to solve world problems, whether it be economic development in upstate New York or food insecurity in Africa. And what I admire about the Johnson School of the Curriculum is not only the course that Reese is teaching, but also the way teamwork is embedded into everything the first year experience is. And so they're developing, because you know in this, today's knowledge economy and this gig economy, a lot of the work you do is teamwork. And so everything they do at the Johnson School in the first year of the MBA program centers around being a high-performance team and a high-performing team manager. Right, exactly. Lindy, if I can, I, I want to build on something that you said and connect the team aspect to the critical thinking because – one of the values of having people problem solving in teams is the discovery that people can look at the exact same set of facts and draw completely different inferences from them. And so one of the things that you do need in terms of facility as a leader is the recognition that there are, that inferences are as important as the facts. And you, and, and taking account of, of the likelihood that there are people on your team who have an inclination to pursue different solutions based on the different ways in which they are seeing the same facts. And that's a very, very valuable exercise that contributes to the concepts of critical thinking that we're trying to instill in our students. Well, I was just going to say that the diversity of the students in the classroom help provide a vast spectrum of perspectives that leads to these different interpretations of the data, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. And in fact, one of the things that's been most helpful to me in developing myself as a, as a teacher of this course is that I teach the course not only in our residential MBA program, but also our executive MBA program and the dual degree program that we have with students from Tsinghua University in Beijing. And I have one case that I use across all of those programs just to remind myself of the very different ways in which people can view the same situation based on cultural context and, and other background factors. It's been really remarkable for me and to be able to cross-pollinate the different courses by sharing those cross-cultural perspectives as well. Right. Part of this people-centered, critical thinking leader is having culture intelligence. 
we all show up in the organization and we bring a story identity with us, a way of thinking. And when we get in the boardroom or the team gets together over the water cooler, we have to understand those perspectives. The other thing I emphasize, whether I'm talking to MBAs or undergrad is teamwork is not one plus one equals two. If you truly are a people-centered leader, teamwork should be one plus one is greater than two. Mm. So when a team comes together, it's its job to say, we have all these bright, intelligent Cornelians in the room. How do we produce something that's greater than the sum of the parts? That's the true essence of people-centered leadership. Is there ever a conflict in the real world between the soft skills that we've been talking about and just meeting the bottom line? I think there is a conflict, but the best companies have strategies and priorities to resolve that conflict so that they're integrating the people soft skills with the profit, you know, that triple bottom line, people planted in profits. And so the best companies work at it. One of the ones that's right in our backyard is I use Wegmans as an example of a company that has really been able to be people-centered and profit-oriented. Have you ever been to a Wegmans, John? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're a good example. And I'd also say, John, that this is a, a lesson that I've had to learn uh, and, and that has, has been one of the things I've gotten out of teaching here since I came from a different world, which is law, where the highest and best values are accuracy and thoroughness. And then you come to a business school and you recognize that the highest and best value often people are touting is efficiency. And so on the surface of it, those things can be in conflict in the same way in which people will say diversity of perspectives undermines efficiency. And while that can be true, it's not necessarily true. There are ways of reconciling an interest in in accuracy, thoroughness, breadth of perspective with efficiency. And the way that you get both of those things is to have process and to practice your process so that it becomes like muscle memory, so that you can both efficiently get to an answer and make sure that you are taking into account the breadth of perspectives that come to bear on a question to be solved. So I don't think they're necessarily dichotomous. I think that's our instinct is that if we do more people centricity, if we have more diversity and inclusion, we're going to be less efficient. Not necessarily. There's a learning curve for you. And that's part of what these courses are about so that people can go into the workplace and have at their fingertips a way to account for all these perspectives and still move forward in an efficient manner. You know, it's often been said that the soft skills are actually the hardest skills. Do you agree? Yes, <laughs> why? But, I, but I will also acknowledge a bias, but yes, I do. <laughs> why, and why is that, do you think? Because disciplines in which there is a right answer, you can get to more quickly by drilling, right? And, and we, soft skills, inherent in soft skills is more ambiguity. Mm, true. Ambiguity true. is more difficult yeah. than, than, than the straightforward. And I, I also would imagine that what also makes it more difficult is what we just spoke about before, the tension between meeting um, the bottom line of a company, increasing its profits, uh, assuring its growth, while also treating people with uh, decency, care, dignity, and inclusion. Um, some people find that hard to do. Uh, great companies know how to do it. Well, and, and in fact, I'd, I'd go further than that. I'd say the great companies are the ones that are doing it. I th- yes. it, it it's, 
you know, it's that the, the soft skills are the engine of, of profit, actually, I think. I mean, if, if, if done well, you, you will get much higher engagement, much better productivity. You, you have far less turnover. Turnover is extremely costly, very costly. And so if you manage your, your, your human capital more effectively, you're going to be more profitable. Indeed. And that's what makes great companies great. <laughs> I also think it's harder because it's something you said, Risa, about muscle memory. Mm. And how many people do you wake up every day and say, you know what? I'm going to think about developing my people-centered leadership skills. I'm going to do this intentionally today. I'm going to evaluate myself on how I'm going to do it. I'm going to invest in something other. So it's not a routine pattern of thought, and it's not often formalized in many curriculum. Yeah, that's really true. I think that's right. Yep. So I'm glad that you guys are taking a pioneer position and making it a key part of the education at Cornell. So thank you, Lynn, and thank you, Risa, for an enlightening discussion on the importance of people-centered leadership and critical thinking. Really enjoyed our conversation. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. You're listening to our deep dive in the Johnson College of Business. Uh, watch out for other episodes. Meantime, thanks for listening. <music>